We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. Welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. The Chicago Bears are coming off a twenty-to-nine win over the Las Vegas Raiders to move over 500 at three and two on the year. And it sets up a showdown with the four and one green Bay Packers for first place in the NFC North. I'm your host, Zach Pearson. I'm joined as always by my co-host Aaron Lemming, and we're going to break down that bears win over Las Vegas. We're going to talk to a special guest about the Packers game coming up here in week six, and we're going to give our predictions and our thoughts. But before we do all that though, let's welcome in Aaron. Aaron, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. I'm a, still a little. Uh, it's been a weird, been a weird sports week. Uh, you know, I, we're recording this probably about an hour after the White Sox finally, uh, finally lost in the divisional round, and it was it was weird, man. It was like, you know, get all jacked up for the playoffs, and then they lose the first two games, and then they, you know, they had Saturday off, and then Oklahoma played Saturday and had that crazy game against Texas, and then the Bears win, and then the White Sox win, and then well, the White Sox lost today. So it's been. Uh, an emotionally exhausting, like for a sports world, it's been emotionally exhausting, you know, five, six days. Yeah. And then you look and this week, hockey starts <laughs> next week, basketball starts. And then, uh, you know, college basketball starts in a couple of weeks after that. It's, it's crazy, man. This is like the craziest time of the year. Cause almost all the sports are going on, but yeah, man, un- unfortunately the white Sox bow out. I was rooting for them. I, I was hoping they'd win this series and go far. Um, but you know, good news is, they're a good young team. They're, they're going to be back. They're not going to fade away. Um, they have too much talent, but um, yeah. Anyway, you know, let's talk some bears, man, because I think we both predicted the Raiders to come away with the win. And before we recorded, you know, our last episode, we really didn't know about the John Gordon stuff that came out. And, you know, I'm not going to say that the, that the Raiders quit, um, or anything like that, or they weren't really hustling. But I do have to wonder, man, how much of the Gruden stuff, you know, because at the time of the game, it was, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, it was just the one email that was leaked um, about the NFL, uh, was it PA leader? Um, I won't repeat what he said because it shouldn't be repeated. Just, just know John Gruden is terrible. Um, and then, you know, during Monday Night Football, it breaks, all these other emails come out, and he pretty much bashes 
everyone. I mean, the comments were just awful. And now he resigned. And, you know, I have to wonder how much the players knew. I'm guessing they knew a lot of it um, and how that impacted the game. But nonetheless, I mean, we can't take anything away from the Bears because they played very, very well on Sunday. You know, their offense still struggling throwing the ball, but they have their identity with the run game. And Sean Desai, man, he called a hell of a game on Sunday to, to limit that Raiders offense. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously there's a level of distraction that happened with the Raiders. I mean, it's just natural. I mean, like you said, the the stuff kind of leaked out was that Friday or Saturday. And, I, you know, John Gruden had to know that the rest of this was coming out. I mean, it, and it's what's, what's weird about it is they invested, the NFL's investigation actually had nothing to do with Gruden. He just basically would say got caught in the, caught in the crossfire because, I mean, he did this to himself, but he wasn't the, you know, the one being investigated. But I would think at least from his level, knowing that there was more to come. Uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. It has to be a distracting, you know, situation. And I'm sure some of the players are caught off guard. But regardless of the fact, I mean, the Bears went in on the road, which I use very lightly because, you know, uh, I'm assuming I don't think you were you weren't at the game. Right. So, I mean, we were both watching it on TV. Yeah, but it was man, it was loud. It was loud for the Bears. Oh, yeah. It sounded like a Bears home game. So, again, I use the, the term road loosely, but at the same time, they went to the West Coast. And I mean, really, outside of that first drive that Oakland went down and got that field goal the Bears pretty much controlled the entire game. And like you pointed out, I mean, the offense is still not firing on all cylinders, uh, but I do think that they have found their identity that they're just going to have to basically work around. And again, I mean, it's it, it, we've talked about this multiple times, you know, with Justin Fields and the rookie quarterbacks, it's up and down, up and down, up and down. I mean, we, we saw it from Mac Jones again, where, you know, he looked pretty, you know, not very good in the first half, came out in the second half, won the game. You know, Justin Fields, to me, wasn't bad at all. It was just one of those games where he wasn't asked to do a lot, and the stuff that he was asked to do, he did pretty well. I mean, his numbers obviously weren't over overly impressive. He had, you know, less than 120 yards passing, only threw the ball 20 times. You know, he completed 12 of those. Finally got his first touchdown pass, which was great. Um, also got really banged up, which is, I think, something that we absolutely, you know, kind of need to talk about in terms of that. But I think overall, you know, the, the offense did what they needed to do. And like he pointed out, defensively, I, I mean, I got to say, I, I was highly critical of Sean Desai after that first week. It looked like the Bears had no idea what they were doing as a whole, but it sure looked like they had no idea what they're doing offense or defensively. I mean, it just, it looked a lot like the Mel Tucker situation from you know the Trestman era and then all of a sudden Sean decide decides that he's gonna start making some adjustments and the Bears are getting after the quarterback better than anybody in the league they lead the league with 18 sacks they're getting you know timely takeaways uh you know as a whole I mean they 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 held in a, a high-powered Raiders offense to nine points and under 300 yards total you know total offense which is pretty impressive and I think what's most most impressive about this is they're still doing it. I mean, Akeem Hicks didn't play. Uh, you know, they had some other injuries, uh, and I'm sure we'll get to that in a little bit. And then obviously still the secondary, you know, was kind of a little bit jumbled, and obviously they're still trying to figure out nickel corner. They're still trying to figure out cornerback two. And then you look at safeties. I mean, they had multiple safeties on the field at the same time. They had three safeties on the field at, you know, at points, and Deion Bush actually looked pretty good. DeAndre Houston Carson had an interception. But it's interesting because – 
again, I still don't think the Bears are any good, but it sure does seem like we're finally starting to see what kind of team they are. And you would have to think that them finally establishing an offensive identity is going to lead to a more consistent product, at least, you know, uh, you know, on the surface, obviously still a rookie quarterback, but for as weird as it is, I mean, yeah, the three and two obviously got a big game this weekend, but it, it's actually kind of nice because this is probably the calmest week we've had talking about the bears in quite some time. There's no quarterback controversy. There's no craziness. Um, you know, cause I think I can't remember when, did we do the podcast? I think we did the podcast last week before they announced. Justin yeah. Fields yeah. Cause they announced uh field starter on Wednesday. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, this is, there's no real mystery outside of, you know, injuries, I guess, but there's no real mystery as to what's going on. Bill Lazer's calling offensive plays uh, and, and, and Justin Fields is a quarterback. So I, I think that that alone in itself is a pretty quality start. I mean, considering they're three and two, they got a really tough stretch coming up. They're in the midst of a tough stretch right now, but three and two finding their identity, their defense is playing better than I think most would have expected. I, you, you have to be decently happy with where the bears are sitting at five weeks through the season. Yeah. And I think the most important thing is they're kind of starting to find their identity. And we saw that in the Raiders game. I mean, with, even without David Montgomery, they ran for over what 130 yards between Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert. They looked good on the ground. The offensive line looked a lot better in the run game that didn't pass protection. Um, and you look, they're moving Alex bars around on the line. I mean, how many times you hear, you know, Alex bars number be called up from the referee saying he's an eligible receiver. They've been moving around. Uh, they using some 13 personnel as well. And, you know, whether we like it or not, I mean, we, we have Justin Fields as the quarterback and, and fans want, you know, the 200, 300 passing yard games right now. It's just not happening, but the bears are still winning those games with a run game. I think it's fine to be a run first team because I do think that's going to help out Justin Fields in the long run, long run. The bears are averaging 113 yards per game through the air. That is 32nd. And it's like 30 yards um, per game fewer than the next closest team um, on that list. But that's okay. That's not going to be the case all year. I'd be shocked if the Bears were dead last in passing yards per game when, when it's all said and done. They're among one of the top rushing teams in the NFL um, going into week six against the Packers. So I, I think it's okay to be a run first team. I think it's going to help out fields in the long run. He's still got to get comfortable. You know, they, they just made the switch to build lasers of play calling, uh, you know, doing the play calling and Fields is still getting used to that. He's still getting used to his wide receivers. Let's not forget, man, they only gave Justin Fields like four or five total reps, total legit first reps um, with that first team in, in training camp. And that's kind of showing now with some of these timing routes, although I thought it looked a little bit better against the Raiders. But yeah, my point remains the same, man. They're, they're a run first team. There's nothing wrong with that. And I actually think for as much flack as everyone gives Matt Nagy and deservedly. So I think he's kind of found his role um, by giving up the play calling duties and the offense is kind of starting to find their identity. Um, you know, here is like you said, we're, we're hitting a, a tough stretch beginning of week six with the backers. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where, again, I, you know, the expectations can be what they are for whoever they are. You know, I'm sure they're going to range for everybody, but you know, and it's something that I talked about a little bit too. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where first critical as everybody, including us have been with Matt and Aggie, you know, I, I think some credit has to go to him and this coaching staff right now for being able to level things out. Cause I mean, let's be honest, man, through the first two, three weeks of the season, two of their games, they look pathetic. And for them to be able to rebound and, and, you know, back-to-back situations, Obviously the lions are bad. Um, that man, I can't even, it was crazy. I was, I stopped focusing on the, the, you know, the games for a little bit. And I look back cause it looked like the, the lions had no chance of winning. And I didn't realize they'd actually taken the lead and lost on a last second field goal. And Dan Campbell, the head coach ended up crying a little bit in the press conference, which I don't blame him. I mean, this is his first head coaching job and you know, whatever else. And that was weird, but you know, there's just, you know, the, the Lions aren't good, but they still have a lot of fight. And then obviously the Raiders, you, you have to feel, at least in my opinion, you got to feel a little bit bad for Raiders fans because this is a second year in a row where things have looked promising. And then it's just like all of a sudden out of nowhere, they hit this brick wall and just fall and fall and fall. We saw the same thing last year. They were positioned, well positioned for a playoff spot last year, and they just choked down the stretch. They got off to a 3-0 and start, um, you know, this week. You know, and then all of a sudden, you know, they, they take two losses in a week span and lose their head coach. And now there's just black cloud around the, the team. But regardless of the fact, the Bears have won two games in a row and they're, they're in a spot now where, again, it's not going to be an easy, easy uh, little stretch for them. But what I will say is, you know, some of those games that were looking quite tough now all of a sudden look maybe a little bit more winnable. That San Francisco game, it's, you know, we could see Trey Lance. I, don't, I guess we'll have to see if if they end up going back to uh, Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. I don't see I, – it's kind of like the Bears situation. I don't see any point in them doing that. And then the same thing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get out of Ben Roethlisberger from a week-to-week standpoint. And that defense has been a little up and down as well. So, you know – it. it for, for the fans that are looking for, you know, progression or hoping that they somehow sneak into the playoffs again, I mean, if, if again, five weeks through the season, but if the season was to end today, they would actually be in the playoffs as a sixth seed again, which is kind of funny. Uh, but, it, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where, um, you know, it's it's very interesting and it's been somewhat impressive, at least to me, that – for a season that kind of looked like it was circling the drain. Right. And then, you know, Justin Fields gets his first NFL start against the Browns gets sacked nine times. They have a historically bad offensive performance and you're thinking, okay, well, this has been fun, I guess. And then all of a sudden they, they rattle off two in a row. And again, you know, just the finding the identity part, the way that they've won games uh, there's a lot of fight in this team. And I, I, I think that that is 
you know, out of all the things that you can say about Matt Nagy, and I'm not saying that him or Ryan Pace's jobs are safe because it's far from it at this point, but you still have to give Ryan Pace, more the point, Matt Nagy credit, you know, in terms of the coaching for keeping this team alive and fighting and actually putting up some decent performances. And I don't know, it's just, it's interesting. Again, I'm still not sold that they're, that they're a good team or whatever else, but they at least have made things pretty interesting in three of the five games. And, you know, obviously now we get to transition into week six where, you know, they're playing the Packers and while the Packers are four and one, they're not playing great football right now. I mean, they've had a few games where they could have very easily lost. I mean, they could have very easily have lost this last Sunday. There was just a bevy of missed kicks and, you know, a whole bunch of other crazy stuff. I think my only thing moving forward is obviously we know we're going to get a lot of up and down from the offense, but I think Justin Fields has got to find a way to protect himself better. And, you know, I get it. He's a rookie quarterback. Things are going to happen. I, I do see development from him. On, you know, the development is not a concern. The one thing that is a concern to me is that, you know, it's that spin move that he said he retired that, you know, that hurt him really bad in the, in the, in the college football playoff last year. He clearly hasn't retired that. And then, you know, the the little pump fake that he had, uh, I think it was Damian Williams uh, for a check down option. He continued to roll out. He pumped. And then I, I don't know if he kind of like bobbled the ball or what. And then he decided to take off and he hyperextended his knee. He has got to be more careful physically with himself because he's not going to – I'm telling you right now, man, he has another one of those games and I don't think he's getting through it. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, watching that national championship game last year against Alabama, taking that big hit and or against Clemson, the semifinal, taking that big hit and kind of being beat up in that national championship as well. He's kind of got the tendency when he spins to kind of turn his back into the hit and kind of expose his ribs. And, and, you know, we saw that again on Sunday and it's something he's got to learn how to do. I mean, I know he's out there trying to fight for the yards and everything like that, but you got to protect yourself and, you know, the best, you know, you need him out there and you need him to be available to play and learn and get better in his rookie season uh, moving forward. But kind of touch on one point you brought up, Aaron, the schedule does get tougher, but we're sitting here. It's week six. The bears have a home game. They have a game and an opportunity where they can have a share of first place in the NFC North. And they're facing a Packers team who is coming off a game that was, you know, they could have won two different times or they could have lost twice in that game as well. Um, And they've kind of looked sloppy at times. The first half against Detroit, they didn't look very good. And the second half against Pittsburgh, they kind of let up a little bit. This is not, you know, a dominant Packers team yet. They're also bugged by some injury, being bothered by some injuries. But it's a Packers team that still has Aaron Rodgers. And that's going to be something that I'm looking at in this game. Can Chicago's defense get pressure on Rodgers, not let him have time to throw and, and find his receivers. Because we've seen over the years, you give Aaron Rodgers a lot of time, he's going to beat you. And if you send an extra man and you don't get there in time, he's going to find a way to beat you. The Bears just going to have to find that perfect mix. And I think right now, watching Sean Desai coach and scheme up games, you know, looking back at week one, you know, um, Sean McVay ate his lunch in Los Angeles. And there was a couple blown coverages Okay, I get that. But overall, it's not a good game plan by the defense. Since then, Sean Desai's coached very well in, in all those games, and he's made adjustments, and he's kind of proven to us, okay, maybe he is a legit defensive coordinator in this league. Now you have a test. Now you have Aaron Rodgers, a guy who, like I said, can beat you all over the field, 
And you got to find a way to stop him and, and stop Devontae Adams and stop Aaron Jones. And if you do that, you know, the Bears are going to stay in this game. It's going to be up to their offense to kind of make some plays. Yeah, well, and it's it's going to be an interesting matchup with, you know, because the Packers have a lot of injuries. And that's I, I think some people kind of overlook that. I mean, you look on the defense side of the ball and Jari Alexander, I mean, he's a guy that they're not even sure that they're going to get back this year. He's on IR. Um you know, the same thing with uh, Zadarius Smith is on IR as well. They've got they're a little banged up at the corner as a whole. Um, you know, th- there's there's definitely some questions. And then you look at the offensive side of the ball, and it's like they have, you know, half their starting line, half their projected starting line isn't even playing right now. I mean, they had Josh Myers, their starting center, who missed last week's game. Uh, Elton Jenkins, who also he's been playing left tackle, and he was basically he's just one of those – you know, master of all trades, pretty dang good at everything. He was playing left tackle. He missed last week. David Bakhtiari is on the pup list, so he can't even come back for basically another, I guess we're going into week six, so he can come back after this game. But, you know, but what's crazy to me is is watching the Packers the last few weeks is even though they've continually had to configure their line and configure and do different things, even defensively, they're still finding ways to win games. And, you know, it's one of those things where Aaron Rodgers may be getting up there in age, but he's still – not only does he still have some mobility, but he's still as sharp as he's ever been. I mean, he's just – he's his pocket awareness – uh, is you know next to none, and the way that his receivers are able to come back and make plays for him. I mean, you nailed it with Devontae Adams. I mean, that that dude. It's just he's so he's so good. He's such a good route runner that the Bears are going to be very challenged because they like to use him in the slot a lot. Um, and then you know the running game as well. I mean, Aaron Aaron Jones has been good. Um, you know, and then obviously they have AJ Dillon as well, and AJ Dillon's been filling a you know bigger role with uh, uh, Williams being gone, and you know in in Detroit. So it's going to be again though. It's one of those situations, at least for me, the Packers aren't dominating like they did last year. You know, they are four and one. They are a good team. They're one of the better teams in NFC. I'm not knocking them because I think they're clearly a better team than the Bears, but. I don't think that this is, you know, an unwinnable game for the Bears. And especially, I mean, as we've seen so far, for the most part, the Bears have been a much better team at home for, you know, the the five games that we've seen so far this year. But again, like you said, I mean, a lot of it's going to come down to getting pressure on Aaron Rodgers and the Bears, again, lead, this, lead the league in sacks right now with 18. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, and, you know, it, I guess we'll have to see, but I'm hoping that Akeem Hicks sat last week with the eye of coming back this week against the Packers and the bears kind of getting back to somewhat full strength. Uh, and I, I think the other thing that's going to be kind of interesting too, from the offensive side of the ball for the bears. And obviously we're going to be previewing this game a little bit more. That was actually surprising to me in game uh, with the Raiders was a running attack. I mean, I, Damian Williams was pretty good. Uh, not really taking anything away from him, but Khalil Herbert, man, he was, he's a little bit more powerful, powerful of a runner than I thought he was coming out of college. And man, he had some, he had some flashes. So it's going to be very interesting because the Packers have struggled to stop the run for the better part of three or four years. It's going to be very interesting to see if the bears are able to implement the same game plan that they have the last few weeks, or they're going to feature the run a lot. If it's me, I think Khalil Herbert's my, my running back one, obviously you're going to switch back and forth, but I think he's kind of the guy that, you're going to want, especially in those short yardage situations, because he seems to be the, uh, the, 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 I would say the more powerful runner. And I think he's got a little bit better vision, especially in his own scheme. Yeah. He, he runs really hard. I was impressed with him and Damian Williams. And I think, 
you know, the bears can lean on both of them in this matchup and also lean on their defense. Um, if they want to be, you know, victorious in this, but let's kind of transition over now to our interview and kind of get more on the Packers. Um, we're going to bring in Ryan for Packernet podcast. He's been on the show before. He does a great job. Um, he does a podcast every single day, does some live streams. He's really in the know with the Packers. He's going to give us some insight on green Bay and Chicago in this matchup, kind of what to look for and a little bit of his prediction as well. We'll be back after the interview to give our prediction and our X factor um, and kind of wrap things up. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. And now joining us here on the Bear Report podcast is Packernet Podcast Zone. Ryan, he does a great job over there covering the Green Bay Packers. Um, some great stuff all season long. He's here to give us some insight on this upcoming matchup here in week six. Ryan, thanks for joining us, man. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Yeah. So let's get right into it. Um, Green Bay is four and one going into this matchup. They're coming off a game against Cincinnati in which, you know, they probably could have won it three different times. Um, they also probably could have lost it two different times. Kind of a weird sequence at the end. You know, they did get the win, but you know, outside of that Saints game, kind of tell us what's been up with the Packers season so far yeah thanks I appreciate you bringing that back up I uh, was <laughs> getting over was just getting over the trauma of that I appreciate you throwing that back well I didn't want face. you to talk fully about the Saints game <laughs> <laughs> no I mean I I think the, the biggest storyline that I've been kind of hammering with the Packers is it's it's a very different Packers team um, the Packers team that we're all used to is a team where I, I guess you would say since it's a Bears podcast I can say it and nobody's going to be mad at me they're very mentally and emotionally fragile. Um, if they can go up real big and score a bunch of points, they can win a game. But when things get tough, when you're in a tough environment against tough coaches, tough teams, when things aren't quite going perfect, when you know the receivers aren't listed, whatever it is, they can crumble. Um, this year, nothing's going perfectly. The offense is not as stellar as we saw in 2020. The defense is not necessarily perfect. Nothing is. The special teams last week was a disaster. Injuries have been horrible this year. But what they have for the first time maybe ever is a sort of a grit factor. They, they really have a way of, even when things are going poorly, kind of just fighting through it and finding a way to win. And they've, they've done that um, the last at least three weeks in a row. The 49ers, Steelers, and Bengals have been kind of down to the wire. Things are not looking good, but they claw their way back. Um, I think going forward, they are going to have to up the, the overall production. You know, the offense has to to clean up the defense needs to clean up special teams definitely needs to get better um, in order to actually do anything in the playoffs but this is kind of the missing piece that I think they've had you know when they consistently get knocked out of the playoffs is you start going up against really tough teams that can give you four solid quarters and the Packers just didn't really have what it took to to close those games out now obviously you know anybody in the NFL world followed all the stuff with Aaron Rodgers and all that stuff this offseason we don't need to go in and rehash that but I'm curious just through obviously it's, it's five games through the season but from your perspective do you see any lasting effects from all the drama whether it was media made whether it's actually something there do you see any lasting effects from what happened this offseason to how they've been playing through the first five weeks of the season I don't think so um 
I, I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers is not what he was last year, but I don't know if Aaron Rodgers has ever been what he was last year. I, and, I, and I didn't expect him to repeat what he did because it was sort of once in a career kind of a performance. Um, it was just a matter of how far would he fall. He hasn't been perfect, but, but even he has got that sort of grit factor. Usually with Rodgers, when he's off, he's just done for the day. Um, he'll, he'll, he's had a couple bad throws and things not go right. And then he'll come back and just throw that beautiful 40 yard dime to Devante and just kind of get right back on track. So it hasn't been perfect. There's been some choppy throws. He's had some uncharacteristic interceptions that have been popping up more than, than we're used to. But, um, you know, even, you know, there's been drama with Devante. He's, he's having an unbelievable year. Somehow he might even surpass last year, which every single year I say, he's going to start to regress and he gets better every year. Um, but you know, Devante has been on point. I Aaron Rodgers is doing great. Um, you know, all the key players that are that are healthy, which is about, you know, a third of them, they're all performing at a pretty high level, and that's good to see. Yeah, I mean, right there, you just said it with those injuries. Um, they're kind of banged up. You know, Jair Alexander, um, uh, David Bakitari, all those guys, key pieces um, to this Packers team. What's kind of the latest on these injuries, and what should we expect um, going into Sunday against the Bears? Yeah, so um, Bakhtiari's out. Jair, very low possibility he comes back. I would say it's more likely that he may get shut down for the year. We're kind of really keeping our fingers crossed that uh, he's not going to need surgery. If he does, he's done for the year. Um, I don't believe Zadarius is going to be back. He's going to be out still. Um, I have not heard about Marquez Valdez-Scantling, but I, I did hear, I think somebody said he has to be done one more week, so you're not going to see him either. He's our speed threat. Um, so it's, 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 like I said, it's pretty bare bones. The only guys that, that are probably coming back are a couple pieces along our offensive line. We didn't have our center, Josh Myers, and we did not. We have not had for a couple of weeks uh, Elton Jenkins, who's been sort of a star for us um, the last couple of years. He's been proven to be a really good uh, draft pick. We've been pretty bare bones along that offensive line, but I think we're getting two pretty good pieces back this week. Otherwise, um, we're, we're still thin at a lot of different positions. Well, and you just brought up that offensive line, and that's actually something that – has really caught my eye over the last few weeks because, like you pointed out, David Bakhtiari is on the pup, right? You know, you you have Elton Jenkins who hasn't played uh, over the last few weeks and has been banged up, and he's been doing a fantastic job basically wherever they play him. And then Josh right. Myers was out. And yet somehow Aaron Rodgers really still isn't getting touched as much as he should. How How is it that every single year the Packers somehow have a really good offensive line? I mean, I just it doesn't make any sense to me how they seem to be able to throw out whoever they want, regardless of name value, whatever it may be, and somehow make it work. So, I mean, what the heck is going on? Is there something over there in the water? Well, it's funny because, you know, the Packers are known for having quarterbacks, you know, especially the last 30 years with Brett and Aaron. But I think they, they don't get enough credit for what those quarterbacks have been playing behind. I mean, the offensive lines going back into the nineties, that and wide receivers, but uh, the offensive line crazy. And I think we've got some really high quality offensive line coaches um, that do a really good job. And it's one of those things where you start to worry that they're going to get hired away somewhere because the, especially with this kind of a performance, like you said, I mean, you got guys like Yash Nyman, who, when I found out he was playing, my first thought was, I thought we cut that guy. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a name that when, when, when you hear he's playing, you're thinking, oh, we're doomed. We're, we're absolutely doomed. And he's risen to the occasion. He's done a great job. Kudos to, uh, you know, Rodgers and LaFleur and the offensive line coaches for coming up with game plans and executing. And, you know, you get some chips from the tight ends and wide receivers and finding a way to kind of overcome certain things. Um, obviously, I mean, and it's, it's not just the quality of our offensive line, but, you know, going back and looking at 
the Pittsburgh Steelers and San Francisco 49ers, those pass rushers and those defensive lines are really, really potent. So um, these are not necessarily the best players in the world, but they found a way to mitigate whatever disasters were, were coming. And I, I was really worried because that was one of the things that when the Packers have really bad days, you look at the NFC championship games the last couple of years, usually the offensive line is the first thing to go. When that goes, Aaron Rodgers goes and the whole thing crumbles. So um, to, be, to be honest, I don't exactly know what specifically schematically they're doing, but whatever is it's working. So from your perspective, how do the Bears win this game? How do they attack Green Bay's offense? How do they attack Green Bay's defense? Where are the weaknesses at on this team? I, I still think that's the best way to do it. You got to get to Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, the, 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 usually we have a bad day, and I pick on this guy a lot, and I probably shouldn't, especially now he's doing a great job. But Billy Turner off the right side, which I know Khalil a lot of times is, is going to be up in his face. Um, that's usually the first thing to go. And generally what happens, and again, there is that slight grit factor, but when Aaron Rodgers is consistently getting pressured and he's getting flustered, starts getting up his own head and he starts doing weird stuff. Like there's a check down and he's like, nah, I'm going to throw a 40 yard bomb because he starts playing hero ball and he tries to rescue this game. And you just start to see things unravel. I think every game where you go back and watch where the Packers get absolutely trounced and you can go to look at the Saints game if you want, Aaron Rodgers is under contract duress and there is no run game to save him so he feels like he has to save it and he just he can't because he's trying to do way too much his accuracy goes off he's he's just flustered and it it just unravels so that and and fortunately that is one of the strengths of of the Chicago Bears is the ability to generate pressure with guys like Khalil so um if you're going to beat the Packers I think that's the number one place you got to start is to win up front in the trenches well and speaking of defense I'm kind of curious on your perspective because obviously uh, you know, Alexander's out for the foreseeable future. Um, and Kevin King is still Kevin King, but Eric mm-hmm. Stokes has been playing really good football, especially for a rookie. What can the Bears expect from, especially, I mean, the, the secondary as a whole, but I guess more the corner group, because I mean, obviously they have Adrian Amos, they have uh, Darnell Savage at safety. But corner seems like a little bit of a, at least on paper, seems like a little bit of a weak spot for the Packers. But so far, they've been playing pretty, pretty good football. It's very similar to the offensive line. You kind of cringe and you kind of think, oh, man, we're in trouble. But they've risen to the occasion, including Kevin King. I thought last week he had actually a really good game. Um, Eric Stokes is kind of getting picked on a little bit, but he's, he's not doing a bad job. I think it's just, you know, little tweaky things. I, I don't think I've ever seen him get burned once yet. A lot of it is, you know, these little uh, comeback routes or whatever. He's just a hair too late. You know, he's just, he's getting there just a step late. Um, but, but I think he's, he's learning and he's developing. He's had some great plays on the ball. He's, I mean, he's got blazing speed. He's, he's runs in the four twos. You can see that makeup speed on, on film. Um, and it's, it's, he's a lot of fun to watch, but I do think that there are some weaknesses there. Kevin King is the guy who will play solid for most of the game, but you're going to have some opportunities. You're, he's going to lose his guy down, down the sideline at some point and that's your 50 yard bomb and I think Eric Stokes is the guy where you can kind of attack him throughout the game but again you got to be careful because you think he's not covered but that guy's got some incredible speed got some picks he's got a ton of pass breakups so he's young and inexperienced but kind of pick on him at your own risk 
the first couple of weeks here of the season, the NFC kind of looks loaded. You know, you have Arizona five and zero, Los Angeles, Green Bay, Dallas, Tampa Bay four and one. In your eyes, how do the Packers stack up with those teams? And right now, I mean, is this a team that you think has a legit chance of the Super Bowl, or do they kind of have to get healthy? Do they have to improve, and then maybe down the line you can call them a Super Bowl contender? That's that's what I think. I, I don't think they're on the like if the playoffs were today, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think, you know, Tampa and, and uh, Arizona and a couple teams are probably just a, a step ahead. Not that it's impossible, any, you know, given Sunday, but just on a pure talent basis and kind of where they're at. But like I said on my podcast, I think yesterday or the day before you look at even last year, Aaron Rodgers played better in the second half. Um, Savage and Amos, the, the two safeties, the first half of the year last year were actually kind of bad. They ended the year via PFF as, as the number one and number two safeties. Um, Kenny Clark was way better in the second half. So we don't really know where they're going to be, but I do know they need to be a little bit better than where they are. The run game hasn't really been a factor. Outside of Devontae, none of our receivers have really been a factor. So some of these things really do need to pick up. And yeah, we do need to get healthy. But I'm relatively confident, pending the injury issues, that um, things will continue to improve over the weeks. And we're starting to see it. Little glimpses of this and that getting better, certain guys getting acclimated, certain things starting to get added into the offense and defense. You know, guys just learning the defense. we got a new defensive coordinator. That's really starting to take a, take a step forward seemingly every week. So it's going to be a process. Um, but again, I think right now, if the playoffs were today, I don't think they win the Super Bowl. And kind of flash forwarding to the end of the year. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of questions for the Packers in terms of what's going to happen. It's not just with Aaron Rodgers. Because, I mean, you look at their cap situation, they've got a lot of work to do to just get under the cap. In your opinion, how do you see things playing out at the end of the season? And this just doesn't need to be a focus just on Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, Devontae Adams is going to be a free agent. They need to get Jari Alexander under contract or a better, you know, under a second contract and more the point. How do you see things playing out for the Packers? Is this really the last dance? Or do you think that they're going to be able to kind of figure things out and, you know, kind of rework some of these deals and, and, and make things work again? It's, it's, a, it's a tough thing. And it all kind of hinges on Aaron Rodgers because it's such a massive piece to the, to the cap picture. Um, it's weird because the Packers have always been very, you know, we want to build for the future kind of a team. So it makes sense. They drafted the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is getting older. They're moving on. But they've stood strong on the fact that they want him back. They've consistently said they want to, and I believe that they do. And I think that they're going to continue to try. And I think it just comes down to, is Aaron Rodgers going to say, okay, I'll stay. Or is he going to stand by his guns and say, forget this, I'm out of here. Um, I don't, I don't even know. I spent the entire off season going back and forth on that. I don't have an opinion. Kind of moved on. I don't want to, want to think about it anymore, but um, if he does stay, I mean, like you said, that puts us in a real tough spot and there's a lot of contracts that, they just can't make work. I mean, Jair has to get paid. I don't think there's any way in the world they're get, letting Devontae go. I, I actually think he stays before Rodgers stays at this point. Um, this is likely gone. He's, he's a massive cap hit. Um, Preston is, is very likely going to be gone, which makes us very thin off the edge. Um, you know, there's a ton of wide receivers that are coming up for contracts. I think, you know, you're probably going to see a lot of those guys possibly leaving. So, I mean, there's a lot of tough things, and I, I know the, the cap, you can kind of manipulate it a lot of ways, and I'm sure it's a lot of doom and gloom, and then when you actually see them do it, it's like, oh, that wasn't that bad. But um, they, they've already acknowledged that there is there are going to be some painful um, decisions to be made in the future. And I, like I said, I, I think I'm very fairly confident that Zadarius and Preston are going to be gone. Um, I'm fairly confident Devontae's staying. Rogers, though, is the massive question mark that we got to figure out. 
Yeah, my last one uh, before we let you go, Ryan. Give us a prediction and maybe an X factor for the game on Sunday. I'm I'm probably going to say the same thing I said with the Bengals. I think we're we're going to kind of come in a little a little confident because you know historically you look at a team like the Bengals and it's like oh they're not that good, but they're three and one. They're a good football team, and and the Packers are kind of they're not to that point where they're blowing anybody out. They're they're going to be keeping it close because like I said, the offense isn't quite 100%. The defense isn't 100%. Special teams is just terrible. Um, I expect this to be just like the last four weeks. It's going to be a very close, very stressful, very competitive game um, that's just going to have me pacing back and forth in the living room for roughly four quarters, hopefully not overtime this time. And um, ideally, no offense, ideally we come out with a win, but um, I'm the one thing I'm confident about win, lose, or draw is that this is going to come down to the wire and it's going to be horribly stressful game yeah i mean as bears fans you know we we we've been on the uh, short end of the stick against the packers uh, you know i don't even want to look back because i've already seen some people <laughs> bring out the results of the last 20 years 30 years it's just been nauseating the entire time uh but ryan thanks so much again for joining us tonight on the podcast where can everyone follow you and uh, listen to your podcast at yeah, so it's the Packernet podcast. I publish seven days a week. So anytime you want to get some info on the Packers or just see what's going on, head over there, subscribe, see if anything suits your fancy. Uh, pack underscore daddy on Twitter. Otherwise, any of the socials, search Packernet podcast, you'll probably find something. Yeah, and I highly recommend it. I always like checking in with other, you know, division rival podcasts and, and get the latest on them. You do a great job, man. Really appreciate you coming on and uh, we'll have to do it again this season. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Take it easy, man. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. And welcome back into the Bear Report podcast. That was Ryan of Packer Net Podcast. Some good stuff on the upcoming Bears-Packers matchup here in week six, a showdown for first place in the NFC North. And Aaron and I are going to wrap things up on this podcast by giving our predictions and our X factors. Aaron, I went first last week. We were both wrong, actually. The, the, the Raiders did beat the Bears. So I'll let you go uh, first this week and uh, give us your prediction and maybe an X factor. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do think that, again, I, I think the Bears are playing better football, um, but I will continue to remain in the camp of I'll believe it when I see it, when the Bears beat the Packers, especially with Aaron Rodgers. So um, I think I'm going to go, I'll go 24-14 Packers, as much as I hate to say that. Uh, I think the X factor, you know, kind of like what Ryan said, man, the Bears have to get after Aaron Rodgers. And it's it's funny because you'd think with the Bears leading the league in sacks, I mean, this is the first time in four games that the Bears didn't actually have five sacks in a game, uh, you know, but it, it's just one of those things where, you know, having watched the Packers over the last few weeks, the yes, they've given up five sacks over the last two weeks, but at the same time, like considering what they've been working with, you would have assumed it would have been a lot worse. And, it's just one of those things. Aaron Rodgers is definitely not playing at the same level he was last year. 
but he's still playing at a high level and he's always had the bears number. So I, I think that's going to be the big key is, you know, especially for the defense, especially with a weaker secondary where Jalen Johnson's playing out of his mind. But outside of that, they've got a lot of questions and they got to get things figured out. And the only way that they're going to be able to keep the Packers from running around waiting for, you know, Rogers to basically make a decision and throw the ball and get the ball out is to be able to get to him. So I, I think that's going to be the big X factor. And, you know, if, if history is any indication, they haven't really done a good job of doing that. So again, it, it, as much as I hate to say it, it's kind of one of those, I need to see it to believe it. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of with you. Um, I, I do think this Bears team is starting to make some strides and get a little better. But, you know, as I said in the interview, man, it's just we're kind of used to Green Bay beating us at this point. Um, and we're just kind of used to the worst happening. You know, the Bears could get up 14 nothing, and somehow, some way, Aaron Rodgers will find a way to, to put a dagger into our hearts. Um, and I do think this game's going to be close. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to say 26, 23 Packers. Um, I think the bears hang on, you know, just until the end green Bay comes down, maybe kicks a field goal or they get a late touchdown, something like that to kind of break our hearts again. But you know, my X factor is going to be Justin Fields. So I think the run game will be fine again, but with a banged up green Bay um, defense, I think there's going to be an opportunity for fields to have his best game of his career so far, um, get the ball downfield. You know, the bears are averaging 113 yards through the air, through the first six weeks or five weeks of the season. I keep saying six, God, it, it's the first five games of the season. Um, and that number's got to improve. So they're going to lean on the run a little bit, but I, I'd like to see some big plays. There'll be some chances to go deep to Mooney and, and Robinson, maybe good one as well. Take advantage of those plays. But in the end, I think Green Bay is going to win this one. Again, I hope I'm wrong. I'd rather eat crow and be wrong um, in the situation. But just what my gut's telling me right now. Aaron, that'll wrap things up. And uh, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at and uh, read your work? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work at thebearreport.com. Awesome. And you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Bear Report. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z A C K underscore Pearson. Um, again, thanks for our guest, Ryan. You can follow him on Twitter at, at Pack underscore Daddy. Listen to his podcast, get the latest on the Packers and how they're doing up there in green bay until next time everyone please stay safe and please rate review and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.